AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. It's the Matt McNeil Show, and I'm not Matt McNeil. I'm Todd Mickelson, sitting in for Matt, who is on vacation for this entire week and a couple days next week. So I'll be here with you all week and uh, have some, uh, what I'm really looking forward to, some guests that that we're able to get in. It's really hard to get people right now because everybody is so incredibly busy, mostly door knocking. And um, I've, I've been talking to quite a few people that I normally am able to get on this show pretty easily, but they're all busy. So uh, really difficult. Um, I'm hoping to have Kelly Morrison on on uh, Thursday and kind of a surprise, different different kind of guest on Wednesday um, and maybe somebody else on Friday. Today, we have somebody that I'm very grateful is spending some time with us because he, I'm sure, is extremely busy right now running for the Minnesota State House of Representatives. We have in uh, from District 46A, Larry Kraft. Hello, Larry. Hey, Todd. How you doing? Good. Um, yeah, I actually listened a little bit to your uh, podcast, City Climate Corner. Ah, yeah, great. Uh, yeah, you're talking about uh, solar, going solar, and things like that. I, I think it's, I think it's really, really great. Um, actually, I was talking in the hour before this about how, especially the voting group between eighteen and twenty-five, is really pissed off about climate change. And um, so I'm really glad yeah. to see that, that you're so strong on that. Uh, I, I saw that in uh, 2013, you made a career change where you ended up running a national nonprofit that helped young people advocate for tougher local climate policy. Tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, that's right. So in uh, I spent uh, 25 years in the high-tech industry, and I have two kids that are now in high school teenagers, although they were a lot younger back in 2013. And I was just getting terrified about the future that we're leaving them and the impact that climate change would have on it. Yeah. So I made this career shift. I wound up running this nonprofit. And uh, this nonprofit was actually founded by a 13-year-old. And um, it was at a turning point because he was in his college years and was getting a little burned out from it. And so what we did is we helped high school and some middle school students take local action on climate and specifically um, help them make local systemic change because climate is a systemic issue. So we gave them some tools and helped them run their, their own local campaigns to go before their city councils or their school boards and push for those bodies to make commitments and, and create climate action plans. Wow. That sounds really, really great. And, and uh, what kind of uh, success was there? Well, you know, we wound up supporting hundreds of communities around the country. Some of, I think, my most rewarding and impactful work actually happened here in St. Louis Park. St. Louis Park was one of our pilot cities, and I connected with a group of students at the high school in the Roots and Shoots Environmental Club, and I connected with them back in 2015. And they went before our city council in 2016 and just did an amazing job. They just hit it out of the park. They gave them a report card on climate and said, hey, you know, we want you to do more. You're not doing so well on this. Um, and asked them to make aggressive commitments. And to council's credit, they listened. They really valued the input of these young people. And this kicked off the process that resulted in St. Louis Park's Climate Action Plan, which was adopted in February of 2018. 
and has the most aggressive goals of any city plan in the state of Minnesota. Wow. And that impact here had a ripple effect, you know, around these students here then contacted friends in other districts. And we wound up with about 12 to 15 campaigns around Minnesota. And as I said, you know, many more around the country. So it was, it was a really um, impactful thing that these young people did that forever changed the course of our community and impacted others as well. Wow, that's an incredible story, really. Um, now, speaking of the St. Louis Park City Council, you ha- have also been on there. How long have you been in the city council? Right, yeah, I ran for council in 2019 and sort of served since the beginning of 2020. And what a great um, what a great it, time it, it, to to be a new to you know be a new elected official. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. It was two months after I start started serving, um, COVID hit, and then two months later we had the murder of George Floyd. So I remember our city manager at the time talking to me a couple months later and said something about normal, and then I stopped and said, "Normal what?" You know, yeah, right. Um, but I, t- I ran for council because, uh, as I was looking at it, the, the tough stuff now is is for Santa's Park is how do we implement this thing, right? And how do we and how do we do it in a way that improves the lives of our citizens, um, and where where we can be a model for others because we tend to be out in front and lead on this issue. So that that was m- my platform was climate change youth involvement in in government, and then strengthening the diversity of the community, and um, worked really hard and was fortunate enough uh, to, to win and, and start on council in 2020. Wow. Yeah, well, congratulations on that. And uh, uh, talking about, your, for those of you who may not know, uh, St. Louis Park is just west of uh, Minneapolis, actually touches the border of Minneapolis. Now, I know my... Uh, right. I, I know Steve Simon pretty well. He was in the House back when I ran for the House uh, 10, 10 and 8 years ago. And I've just mm-hmm. kind of stayed stayed buddies with him. And um, is are you basically in his old seat? Is that what you're running for? I know he was St. Louis Park and I think part of Hopkins. Yeah, so not exactly. So we have – we're in Senate District 46, which is divided into two halves. I'm in 46A. And 46B was Steve's okay. and is now Cheryl Joachim, Cheryl Joachim is there. And 46A previously was Ryan Winkler. Um, um, before right. that was Peggy Flanagan. So there's yeah. a lot of talent that has come out of St. Louis. Well, it was, Ryan, it was Ryan Winkler and then Peggy Flanagan and then Ryan Winkler. <laughs> very, very good. Very yeah. good, yes. And, um, and then redistricting just happened in February and changed the shape of the district because up until then it had – about half of St. Louis Park, and it had Golden Valley, Medicine Lake, and a slice of Plymouth. And redistricting made it so that this district is just St. Louis Park, and it's yeah. about 80% of our population. And that was huge for me. I, I wasn't, I had originally decided not to run for State House, but that reconfiguration was one of the things that, that caused me to run. Yeah, I imagine. And it does, it makes complete sense because I'm sure it's just a, a lot more, you know, a lot more density in St. Louis Park than there was 10 years ago, so they can't really include any other area. Um, well, yeah, that's that's great. I'm I'm uh, envious of you for having such a, uh, a great uh, district to run in. I ran out in uh, what was 33, um, which was mm-hmm. the entire western third of Hennepin County. Very, it was it was hard, man. It was uh, 
It was uh, just, you know, feel like getting your teeth kicked in every day. Actually, door knocking, though, was, was a pretty incredible experience and very surprising because people really accept you as a person no matter what party at this local level. So what is door knocking like for you right now? Oh, you know, I, I love door knocking. Uh, it's funny, the first time I went out door knocking was when I had to, when I was running for council and I had to get 50 signatures on a petition. So I went around my community and I came back in after getting a bunch of signatures and uh, I walk in and my wife says to me, so how did it go? And I said, oh my gosh, I loved that. And she said, yeah, I was afraid of that. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, I, I tell you, I, I um I come back from door knocking with more energy than when I left from it. And it's just a tremendous opportunity to hear what people care about, to introduce yourself to them. And I enjoy, regardless of whether it's someone that agrees with me or disagrees disagrees with me. I've had some great conversations with people that are vehemently against everything that I believe in, but I kind of find it as a challenge to find a way that we can connect and find something in common um, to have a, a good discussion. Yeah, yes. I, I had that same experience. Um, you know, even in a, a traditionally red district, it, it's mm-hmm. there's something about getting out and meeting the people that live all around you that you, you kind of are like, oh, man, I didn't... It, it seems completely different than I imagined it would be to to go door knocking, you know? Um, yeah, so yeah. It's, 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 and I, I will tell you, we, I've been door knocking both in St. Louis Park and in some other communities um, to, to assist in some other areas because I, yeah, I don't have a tough race. I'm actually unopposed in my race. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, I doing a bunch in both places, in, in multiple places, and I really do appreciate the, the density and the discussions in St. Louis Park. I love them elsewhere too, but yeah. you know, St. Louis Park's pretty cool. Yeah, no, I'm glad that you're getting out for other candidates who who need uh, more help than you do, um, uh, and I'm mm-hmm. glad to hear that you're unopposed. That's that's uh, that's really great um, because that means you're going to be in the house in January. So <laughs> yeah, absent something crazy, but yes, it does. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's uh, that's really great. Um, uh, tell me a little bit. When did you start the City Climate Corner? Uh, podcast? Mm. Uh, about two years ago, after I got onto council, I started looking for information from other communities. Where, what can I learn from um, that, that we could learn, that we could do? And what I found was that a lot of the information out there tends to be for larger cities, you know, the New Yorks or the Minneapolis or Seattle, things like that. And but yet, if you actually look at it, most people in our country don't live in large cities. They live in suburbs or smaller communities. Mm-hmm. And the, the, um, the carbon footprint of folks in those tends to be higher as well because you don't have the density, you don't have the, the public transport. So at, at the same time, also, my wife had gotten me into podcasts, and I couldn't find a podcast at the time that I was like that. So I called up a friend of mine, um, Abby Finnis, who's my co-host formerly of Great Plains Institute. And Abby and I met because Abby was the one that St. Louis Park hired to do to write our climate action plan. Hmm. I said, Abby, what do you think? And she said, sounds like a good idea. And so we, we started it. It took us a few months to get it together, and we've been doing an episode every other week for about the past um, 18 months or so. Wow, yeah, that's, that's great. Uh, so, as far as um, 
I, I imagine you have a lot to – you're anxious to get at being a part of the Minnesota State Legislature to start to try and push some of this climate stuff. We definitely need more uh, support and, and new ideas and strong ideas. Uh, I'm, I'm very glad that you're going to be there doing this. Tell me about uh, what you plan on doing as a House member to further uh, Im- improve climate. I know there are some some uh, programs in Minnesota about getting your house solarized. Um, you know, I think there could be more, but uh, tell me about what there might be already and what you would like to do further. Yeah, well, um, a lot of stuff, but I'll start at a high level. I love to see the state update our goals so that we should be aiming for, um, you know, uh, uh, to become net zero as a state by at least 2050, which the governor has set out to do. Mm-hmm. But I'd love to see the legislature to kind of codify that. Uh, and also um, for our grid, that our grid be carbon free by 2040. Right now it's trending towards 2050, which is good, but it's not good enough. Right. So that's one area. Um you know, with the recent pass of passage of the IRA, there are tremendous opportunities that I want to make sure that if there's any matching funding that's needed and all that, that we need to take advantage of, as well as there's all these tax credits that will now be available to electrify buildings and enter, make things more energy efficient, as well as with the, with the strong climate justice lens, because the you know, the, the biggest impacts of climate change fall on those that are least advantaged and that have tended to cause it the least. So we have to, as we're creating these solutions, we have to really think about that. But I would love to see us really make sure folks can take advantage of the tax credits and the grants that are going to be available to electrify homes. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, we also need to um, do things around our, our EV infrastructure and to make sure that there are enough charging stations, and support for um, EV purchases. I'd love to see more in supporting um, used EV purchases as well so that it's not just um, folks that are buying a new car that can access. Right. Uh, yeah, and, and also, you know, I, I think people need to understand, I, I ended up buying a Tesla about two years ago, and I was surprised that I could afford it because I thought they were $100,000 and more, you know? And right. I think a lot of people mm-hmm. think that. It's just not true. Uh, at the time, I bought mine, a base price for a Model 3 was 38000 and there are uh, a few models that are less than 30000 brand new. And yeah. I think people don't realize that. And I, I also have known people, I knew, uh, well, I still know her, um, somebody who lives in an apartment up, like on Main Street in Excelsior, you know, how they, the old fashioned mm-hmm. apartment above a store. And she had to get a new car because her old one was just going kaput. And she really, really wanted to get a, a Tesla. But, um, and she would have, but she had no way of charging it because she, of where she lives, mm-hmm. you know? So, yeah, that's definitely yeah. A, a huge issue. And, uh, and I think I heard on your podcast this morning that, uh, some tax incentives have now been extended for another 10 years. Did, did yeah, I that's that? what's really exciting about – you did. That's what's really exciting about the IRA is these tax incentives, these tax rebates. There are a couple of things really important about them. One is you identified that it's 10 years. 
But the other is, is that they're refundable, which means that you don't actually have to have the tax liability to get the money for doing them. So that opens them up now to nonprofits and local governments that previously you know, didn't have a tax liability, mm-hmm. but now can get the tax refund and can you know, participate as well. So that's really exciting. And the fact that they're going to be around for 10 years and you can plan them is really exciting. And the other thing, which I learned um, as well, is that you know, the, the, the total cost of this is estimated at $370 billion, the total investment. But those tax rebates, those tax incentives, they're not capped. So if we do a good job at this, it's not like those are going to run out over the next 10 years. It's not you have to use it or, or lose it. We can, um, you know, we, we don't have to worry about that. Like we can keep pushing this stuff uh, and get the in, in advantages that they will bring for the next 10 years. Yeah. Uh, one, one thing I always uh, think, too, like I'm a small business owner and I worked with a small business group and we we're trying to you know, get more done at the legislature. I was helping small business owners go get ready to go testify at committee hearings and things like that and learned about all kinds of things that both the state and the country do for small business owners, but nobody knows it. <laughs> you know, especially a small business yeah, owner, yeah. we're pretty independent-minded and and don't go looking for stuff. So anything like this like the what what you're just talking about here all of these all of these advantages uh, to be taken uh, at all of these things to be taken advantage of to try and you know maybe get your house electrified with solar i think we need to the legislature needs to also think about having part of the budget be a uh, basically make the public aware that this stuff exists uh because other it you know, it, it exists, and then everybody wonders why nobody's doing it. But a lot of people just don't know it's there, you know? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We we did something in St. Louis Park over the past couple of years, um, a solar program, and we put uh, a 4% adder on the tax rebate that the federal government was, get, was, was putting out for solar on rooftops. And 6% of it was in a more economically challenged area of the community. And... In one year, we spent a little bit over $100,000 of city money, and that leveraged $2.7 million of private investment, and we doubled the amount of solar in our community. Wow. So that was a great investment, and it was the fact that we ran the program. It wasn't a lot of money, but it was also the marketing of it. Like, look, if you do it within this year, we're going to give you a little bit more money than you're going to get from the federal government. And that pushed a bunch of people over the top. So I think those kinds of things where we make make people aware and then also help them through the process are are something that we need to do more of. Yes, absolutely. I'm very glad to hear you saying all of this. It sounds like you've already done some test runs on things that need to be done in the Minnesota legislature, and you are going to be a part of the Minnesota legislature beginning this next January. Um, so uh, thank you so much for taking the time. I don't want to hold you back from doing your m- new passion of door knocking. So, um, so <laughs> well, tonight, tonight I have a city council meeting, so I, I, I'm off the door knocking for tonight. Oh, okay. All right. Well, I don't want to make you late for that then. Um, so, uh, but yes, so Larry Kraft running in District 46 a, anything that you'd like to say that I didn't touch upon, Larry? Uh, you know, I, the, what I would say is, you know, I am a climate candidate. I care about a lot of stuff, though, and we'll get involved in many things. But we have to get climate right. It has to be a lens with which we view everything we do, because if we don't, it makes everything else worse. And on top of it, it's this tremendous opportunity to create new jobs, to clean our air and water, and, 
enhance our relationship to the natural world and to address inequalities that were caused by the fossil fuel economy. So um, I'm excited to get in the legislature and work on this stuff. Excellent. That sounds that sounds great to me, and I think to our listeners. Uh, listeners, go to Larry Kraft with a K, uh, K-R-A-F-T. It's Larry Kraft, S-L-P, stands for St. Louis Park, dot org, right? Right. Yep. Thanks, Todd. And also um, look for the podcast called City Climate Corner. I listen to it, and uh, it's very informative. So go find that. Again, Larry Kraft, um, I guess I don't even need to say good luck in the election, but uh, but good luck in, in uh, your stay at the House. And we thank you very much for running. And, again, thank you very much for your time calling into the radio station here today. Thanks, Todd. Really enjoyed it. All right. All right, so there goes Larry Kraft. Uh, he'll be uh, walking all the way to St. Paul and taking his seat on the House of Representatives floor this next January. We're overdue, like always happens when I have a guest on, and I and I don't have to do a hard break. Um, we're overdue for a break, so let's take a break and come right back on AM nine fifty, the Progressive Voice of Minnesota. Mm-hmm. 